Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Don't wait to give until you get. Life is going to imbalance your relationship until she prioritizes my needs as well as the needs in the bedroom. And she's feeling like until you start engaging more with me and the kids and helping more, I don't really feel like I'm in the mood. Sex is not just physical, it's relational. Touch is a higher order need. You can't like surgically extract that piece of the relationship and expect it to completely remain intact. If you have a belief in mutual caretaking, then each partner prioritizes taking care of the other and their needs in the way they like their needs met. What are my accelerators? What are my brakes? How do you maximize the accelerators and minimize the brakes? Why do we use sex as like a weapon in our relationship? Dear young married couple, you're in a busy season of your life. You're probably working and involved in ministry. On top of that, you might even be parents or students. You're maxed, but you really want to stay connected in your marriage. And that's why we're bringing this podcast to you. I'm Adam King. And I'm Carissa King. And we work with busy couples just like you in our counseling office here in Sacramento, California. We also work with couples all over the world through online counseling. And our couples are really just looking for ways to communicate with each other more effectively. Some of them are looking to heal from a breach in trust or find direction in fulfilling the purpose that God has for them. So come and join us as we have a conversation. We'll talk with therapists, authors, pastors, and other couples who will pour into us, giving us tools to become more intimately connected, get adventurous, and find purpose. Welcome to the Dear Young Married Couple podcast. The subject that we're going to tackle today is the sexual standoff. You know, when we don't feel like we're getting our needs met, and then we withhold from giving our spouse what they need. This is what we're going to look at, and I think you're going to have a lot of helpful things after you listen to this show. For sure. And before we introduce our lovely guest, we have a shout out to give to Taylor EA. Um, they left a review on Apple Podcasts. They said, this is an incredible resource for married couples of all ages and walks of life. Investing in your marriage can be as simple as hitting play and listening to this podcast. So thanks, Taylor EA. We appreciate it when you guys leave reviews. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Our special guest today is Dr. Morgan Cutlip. She has a PhD in psychology and is a lifelong lover of all things relationships. Um, We are really excited about this. Yes. She is um, a wife, a mom, and she and her father, uh, who is also in the field, have developed courses that have now been taken by over a million people. Um, and that's over at mylovethinks.com. Excellent, excellent resources. They have been featured on Time Magazine, um, the Wall Street Journal. Good Morning um, America. Yeah. A whole bunch of really well-known outlets for news. and. Yes. And so we are just so grateful to have them, to have her with us today and uh, sharing her insights about the sexual standoff. 
So welcome, Dr. Morgan. We're so thankful to have you with us on the podcast today. Welcome. It's so great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we love what you do. Um, for those who don't follow My Love Thinks, uh, Dr. Morgan posts um, series of um, top. So she'll have a topic and then she'll have a series on that topic on her Instagram. And right now the series is about sex and sexuality. Um, and so we reached out to her and said, we want to talk to you about this concept you have of the sexual standoff. <laughs> so maybe Dr. Morgan, if you could start by sharing with us, what is the sexual standoff? Yeah. So the sexual standoff is essentially where both partners in the relationship have needs. And one of them happens to be one of the partners who wants, you know, more sex. And so mm -hmm. the other person feels like they have needs that aren't being met. And so both partners are waiting to give until they get their needs met. Mm -hmm. And so I call that the sexual standoff. And I think it happens all the time in relationships. I see it with clients all the time. It happens a lot, especially to after kids enter the picture where women's responsibilities just kind of naturally uh, increase tremendously. Mm -hmm. And so they feel like they're doing more, they're doing more. And the couple necessarily maybe hasn't talked about, hey, I'm doing more, my needs are changing. And so they start to sort of feel as if they aren't getting enough help or, or things aren't happening. And they start to build some kind of resentment or animosity and the other partner is wanting to connect and to have sex and it's like until their needs aren't met mm -hmm. they kind of shut down a lot in that sexual relationship and so you kind of have this this standoff situation yeah yeah that makes sense I think a lot of us can relate even in micro doses yes but for some people it's it's macro doses well, it, grows, yes. it grows and grows if it's not addressed I think mm -hmm. and different stages bring that in yeah. absolutely you, and different you Go ahead. I was just going to say like, you could be great for a while and then, mm -hmm. then experience that later on even. Yeah. Totally. We, um, so in all the courses that we, um, that we have, you know, we have these sort of laws of relationships and one of them is that life is going to imbalance your relationship. That's just like something that is guaranteed that you can completely count on. And mm -hmm. so that totally applies to the sexual relationship as well, whether it's kids, whether it's an illness, whether it's um, a move or a change in life, but, but things come up that create these imbalances that create shifts in needs and stuff like that. And so it's so common um, for things to just get to fall out of whack. So you have to come together and you have to talk about these things and kind of realign what's going on in your relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So um, can you share with us Maybe just to see more details of how what this plays out. Typical. Yeah, a typical <laughs> story of someone who's in a sexual standoff. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think a lot of people can relate to this, but I had a client um, who, by the time I actually met with this couple, they had a um, two-year-old and a four-year-old. Um, but she felt like she, she, she had a tough birth. She had a tough pregnancy. She felt progressively more and more as if her partner was not showing up for her in the ways that she needed. And he felt very much like um, the kids get all of you. Mm. And the kids get their needs met and they're taken care of. And I have kind of been pushed to the background and I'm not important anymore. And that was translating a lot. 
um, into their sexual relationship. And so she was, she was feeling frustrated and resentful about his lack of involvement, his caretaking, his concern for her. He's pulling away more. And so they were very much in this sexual standoff where he's saying, well, I don't feel like doing things for her until she prioritizes my needs as well as the needs in the bedroom. And she's feeling like until you start engaging more with me and the kids and helping more, I don't really feel like I'm in the mood. And so that they were very much stuck in that sexual standoff. Hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. It's such a like I've seen this so many times as well. Yes. Um, Take us through and by the way, this is common. And I think kind of the, the spouse that you picked, like the man is wanting more in the, in the bedroom and the woman is, you know, feeling lacking in the kids. Now we'll probably get a whole bunch of people emailing us and going, but that's not my experience. I actually, right. you know, like they're right. the high drive wife. They're the high drive wife and the yeah. low drive. So yeah, we're speaking in generalities. Sure. But yeah, this can speak to both spouses. Absolutely. But yeah, walk us through maybe like what would you start examining first with this couple? What kind what areas would you assess to figure out what's really going on? How do you maximize the accelerators and minimize the brakes? Um, these unmet needs for both partners. But I like to kind of zoom out mm-hmm. and I have um, like three general kind of themes or points to consider when thinking about the sexual relationship. So um And it's important that spouses like be on the same page when it Mm -hmm. comes to kind of tackling this issue. So I like to like zoom out and let's discuss some stuff and then let's get more specific to what's actually going on in your relationship and how can we make some very practical shifts. So the first is that I think it's really important to set the stage by having an understanding that sex is not just physical, it's relational. Mm. Um, And I, I like to say that touch is a higher order need. I think it's really common for one of the partners, the one who, who is happier with, with the sexual relationship wants maybe the same amount of sex or less sex to kind of view sex as just like, it's just like this like primal physical need that's just checking the box. It, it's, a, it's sometimes obligatory. Um, it doesn't really matter that much to the relationship. Like I do this other stuff for you. Why do I got to do that too? Mm-hmm. And it's really important to understand that touch is way bigger than that. And sex, sex is one piece of the whole relationship. If you, ex- you can't like surgically extract that piece of the relationship and expect it to completely remain intact and to keep functioning at a, at a healthy, happy level. Mm-hmm. And so that's like number one, we got to get on the same page and, when you think about, well, touch, touch is a higher order need. What does that even mean? Well, uh, a lot of self-help books about relationships talk about needs and they kind of like lump them together. And so I agree with that, but then I kind of say, well, there's a physiological response to touch, which is why, um, when a baby's born, you know, you put a baby skin to skin. Why? You know, there are physiological Uh, changes that occur when there is this sort of touch and it promotes bonding and connection and closeness. And so Mm -hmm. it is a incredibly important piece of a relationship. And so we have to treat it like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so that's number one, 
You got to get on the same page about that. And so that could be like a whole session because I think a lot of people sort of butt up against their own beliefs about what sex Mm -hmm. is. And so you you might be, you know, peeling that apart. Um, Well, and often I think the lower drive partner wants more touch, but non-sexual touch, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so they recognize the need for that bond, for that oxytocin release, for that connection. Yes. Um, but they're like, I don't want to just jump right to sex. So exactly. give me that non-sexual touch first. Well, okay. So right? like touching in with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I see a lot of times too where, okay, if we were going with the stereotypes, like the guy's touching her. She's not reciprocating because as soon as she reciprocates, she's like, oh, well, if I touch him yeah. back, then it's going to lead to sex. Exactly. <laughs> so it's, oh, we're going into sex. And he's like, oh, finally she's touching me. So she might want sex. Yeah. And then, so then she holds, always is holding back. Right. Yeah. And the guy's like, yes. come on. Yes. Right. I think that like, it's all or nothing. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I think that that, so that's a piece of this too, is like having these conversations mm-hmm. about sex, which I would say is like point three. So we can keep okay. working okay. through. Because, um, <laughs> because, because you have to kind of have this foundation. The other is that, that belief in mutual caretaking. And this is a big piece of, of upsetting the standoff of kind okay. of dismantling that because, um, and I post about, I think the post on this is sex starts outside the bedroom, right? Yeah. So um, if you have a belief in mutual caretaking, then each partner prioritizes taking care of the other and their needs in the way they like their needs met. So not necessarily in the way that we like our needs met or we like meeting needs because we tend to love others in the ways that we like to be loved, but by meeting them in the ways that they need. And so if you can, why do we use sex as like a weapon in our relationship, bigger relationship? And I'm going to enter this conversation prioritizing mutual caretaking and a belief that also for the partner who is, um, has a higher desire, this, this idea that sex is just not in the bedroom. It starts outside the bedroom. Mm -hmm. So for some people, you like initiating, um, cleaning up around the house or taking some things off their list, like that's a turn on. So it's important to kind of expand your idea of what, what can be turn ons and what can be turn offs. Totally. Yeah, that's good. the last one, which is getting to what you guys are talking about, is like this conversation is it's important then for you to take ownership of your sexual relationship. And part of that is having conversations around sex as well as having some, like developing some insight into yourself as a sexual being. Mm-hmm. And so a conversation around, for example, what you were talking about would be something like, how do you like to be approached? Um, how do you like to be told no? And also like, listen, whenever you start touching me, if I touch back, I don't want it to always mean sex. Like, can't we just touch each other without it always going there and having, having a really honest and some people are really uncomfortable talking about sex, even though they have it, which is crazy, right? Having an honest conversation around the sexual relationship and what does it for you? What are your turn-ons? What are your turn-offs? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So good. And rewinding back to point two, yeah. um, on the note of mutual caretaking, yeah. sometimes um, the woman, you know, in her caretaker mode, especially as a mom, like yeah. you said, um, she is uh, just kind of caretaking, caretaking, caretaking. And, and that from what we see in studies, 
is often um, kind of the antithesis of eroticism. We'll be right back to the interview, but first we wanted to share something that we are really excited about. So you know, we all have those times where we don't feel super connected to our spouse and we really don't know what conversations to have to get us to that connected place. And then on top of that, we're so busy that we don't prioritize those conversations. And that's why we created the monthly live date night. And monthly live date night is every month on a Friday night for 90 minutes, 60 minutes. We focus on a topic that uh, you guys pick and then 30 minutes we do a and a and it's live where we're all together asking questions and giving answers on topics related to your marriage, your intimacy. And we share tools. Uh, We have handouts that we call homework because we want you to be there to listen and to soak in, but we really want you to take action in your marriage too. So come join us live for the next monthly live date night. Check the link in the show notes for dates and details. All right, back to the interview. Right. So, so it's like, oh, I have to, you know, take care, take care, take care. And so if he jumps in and takes care of some of those needs, um, and so in, in, he's doing it in the name of mutual caretaking, not just to get sex, yes. right? Um, <laughs> Which is important. Yes. But then she realizes, oh, okay, I don't have to do all this caretaking. I can pay attention to my own needs too. Yes. And so that's something that can actually help. Like you said, it could be a turn on because it helps her kind of shift in her brain to, oh, I have needs. He's taking care of that. I can go figure out what my needs are in yes. that moment. And I know research says that women are more sensitive to like the context um, in terms of their actual desire. Mm. And so um, if we think about like this whole conversation, what you're saying with like the mental load and like all the things on the list, women are a lot more kind of bogged down, I think, and over- overwhelmed mm-hmm. by these things that it flows into their ability to either to like really even tap into their desire and feel that. Mm-hmm. And we know that, you know, stress has a massive impact on desire and, and developing kind of like even the the want to have sex. And Mm -hmm. so it's really important that we understand like the bigger picture of what's going on in relationships and what's affecting desire and, and, and all those things. Absolutely. Missing a big piece of it. Yeah. Cause stress is a libido killer. Absolutely. Cortisol. Like, yeah, that's, yeah. So, so if we can lower the cortisol levels, right. (laughs) And then we boost the dopamine and, and also the oxytocin just from the connection piece, then your libido is likely to go up. Exactly. Yeah. There's, um, uh, the, the dual control model of sexual response. I don't know if you've heard of this before. Share. Okay. (laughs) So it basically says that, um, we have two components that respond to sexual stimuli and varying degrees of sensitivity. And like okay. to be very simple and straightforward, the two, two components are the accelerator and the brakes. Okay. Okay. And so some, and so then if you think of an accelerator and a brake, and then you think of a continuum, each one has a continuum from sensitive all the way to insensitive. Okay. So some people have real sensitive accelerators. These are like turn-ons, you know, where like like a small breeze is like, ooh, that did it for them, right? Uh-huh. And like it totally <laughs> turns them on. But then some people can have like a really sensitive break. Mm. And so that's kind of like more of a dominant thing for them where it's like, well, I have X, Y, or Z to do and all this stress and all these things keep compiling and it's just hitting the brake yes. over and over and over. So it's really important to have a conversation 
well, first probably on your own, explore mm-hmm. what, a, what are my accelerators? What are my breaks? And then coming together and talking about these things so mm-hmm. that each partner can say, oh, that's a big, that's getting in the way for you. Seriously, thinking about packing lunches for the kids tomorrow is hitting your break. Mm-hmm. When I'm like touching you, trying to turn you on, I'm like, let me take care of that for you. I got this, right? So you can come together and really start to tease apart what's going on um, that's kind of overwhelming the system and so that couples can't even necessarily tap into what their turn-ons are in that moment. That's so so good. So I could so see like the homework right now. I know. I'm like, yes, that's a good homework. I'll just draw those two (laughs) thick lines, right? Yes. Accelerator and your brake. Yes. Draw a line in, in the middle and say, okay, now put all of the, your accelerators and kind of the varying degrees. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Of sensitivity. Like, okay, right. Yeah. So this one at the very far end, when I say this, when I, when I minimize your stress, mm-hmm. that is a complete, huge, massive break for you. And yes. completely out of that, at, of that mode. But when I do this and this and this, then that's a huge accelerant for you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I love that. It's so good. So then, it's because, very, very yeah, practical. it's easy to translate, right, into yeah. how we operate in our relationships. So, yeah, yeah so do this it. Means, <laughs> so, and this means, too, what I'm hearing, okay, so if stress is such a libido killer, we also have to be very intentional about getting there. Because if that's true, then this isn't, I mean, I, I think people want sex in this day and age to be spontaneous. Right. But that's not what I'm hearing from you. Right. It's in, I in mean, some ways, right? <laughs> well, like you have to make time for it. Yeah. I mean, if you get into this, if, if you guys are like, if a couple's in a good groove, or maybe you've got a couple who have just like super sensitive accelerators. And so, I mean, it really, it's really, there's right. a lot of individual differences here. Yes, totally. um, but some couples, I mean, sorry, I'm like t- going on tangents, but like you even have people who actually, uh, have more desire when they're stressed. So like you'll mm. even see that sometimes. So okay. it really depends on the couple, but the, the piece here is is coming together and understanding how do you maximize the accelerators and minimize the brakes. Okay. And how do you work together in this mutual caretaking to make mm. that happen? And so if you get to a good place and you're able to kind of do this well together, then it becomes easier to be spontaneous. Right. Um, but on the flip side, there's absolutely nothing wrong with being very intentional about scheduling sex. I'm a fan of scheduling sex. I recommend it a lot to clients because you'll see those clients who are bogged down by their to-do list and their stress and they just, it's like, I don't have time. I'm too mm-hmm. tired. So if you can schedule it, then that also allows for time to build anticipation, which for a lot of people, anticipation, imagining it, thinking about it, those are all accelerators. That is an accelerator, totally. Right, so that absolutely helps too. So I think, you know, in a perfect world, you you really want to try to balance um, scheduling with spontaneity. Yeah, yeah. um, It it really is, depends on the couple though. Right, and so just to clarify too what I was saying, just to kind of like go back up from even that, like we have to be intentional with these conversations. Absolutely. That's, I guess what Absolutely. I was trying to say is like, I'm sorry we can't about just, that. Yeah. no, no. Cause you're right. Like w- within that, like the drive and everything else, like, mm-hmm. yeah, people do better with sometimes being spontaneous with let's go have sex. Sometimes people are, have to plan it. 
but then even drawing back, we have to understand our need for it yes. and then have these conversations about it before we can understand and get to the place where we can say, oh, let's go have spontaneous sex or let's plan sex or totally. get all those needs met. But we have to address kind of these elephants in the room of yes. like, okay, what's turning you on? What's turning you off? And yes. I guess that's what I'm saying. We need to be intentional in Those this discussion before we yeah. can have that freedom to schedule or to be spontaneous. Yes. Mm-hmm. And know how Absolutely. to hit the brakes or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, I mean, it's common even for some couples to not feel um, like you need to talk about your sex life, which is, you know, we're talking about it right now. And it's like, of course you need to have these conversations. And I think that, you know, I've run into a lot of couples even who are like, why? Like, why are we even talking about this? Exactly. We need to talk about this after I get more help or after I get, you know. <laughs> and so I think that's why I, I always like to create this foundation of, of you've got to come to it with this belief. It's, it's part of the relationship. Um, you have to have this, this kind of spirit of mm-hmm. mutual caretaking. And then, yeah, then you take ownership over mm-hmm. the sexual relationship so and having these really intentional conversations. Yeah. And oftentimes, this goes for both spouses, but we see it a lot with men, um, is that, you know, once they do have sex, he's in a much more emotionally connected <laughs> state of mind yeah. and can actually have the conversations that yes. need to be had. And so yes. sometimes it takes just having sex and then opening up the pillow talk conversations yeah. to to really yeah. dissect it a bit. Yeah. And that's, I know, I feel like I've, I've had a lot of conversations um, throughout the series on Instagram with people who really are like struggling with some of these or reacting to um, yeah. some of these concepts. But sure. I think I have a post of like, don't wait to give until you get. Mm-hmm. And, and I believe that that goes both ways. So mm-hmm. sometimes don't wait to have sex or don't wait to, um, to um, have sex with your partner until they're doing all of the things outside the bedroom and don't wait to do things outside the bedroom until you're getting the sex you want yep. inside. Mm-hmm. And so it's important for, for couples to move toward each other and, and to work on meeting these needs. But you're absolutely right. Giving a little usually means that you get, you get some more back. So, so good. So what about the fear? I have a client right now that has this fear that once they start giving in more then he'll stop trying as hard as he is yeah she's like it's like leverage Mm, yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. what would you say to that how would you walk them through that i think you flip it like i'm sure she has non-sexual needs so if he started meeting her non-sexual needs would she feel like she didn't need to meet his sexual i mean it's like does that translate in any other domain (laughs) no why do we use sex as like a weapon in our relationships it's not a weapon it's a piece that cannot be surgically removed from the bigger piece so it's like it's it's i would i would talk with her about flipping it and comparing it to other pieces of the relationship say so do you the same rules apply if this were anything but sex would you still feel like you had to hold out Mm. that i think that's like we have to change our way of thinking about sex. It's not just this like animalistic primal thing. It's a mm. way of connecting and bonding. And he's likely feeling very neglected and emotionally like vulnerable and, and hurting because of the lack of sexual relationship between right. the two of them. So, wow. So good. Okay. I have a rabbit trail question and then, uh, and then we'll kind (laughs) of gear toward the end. So, um, a lot of 
new moms, especially that are breastfeeding or have littles, multiple littles, mm-hmm. um, often talk about this thing called being all touched out. Yeah. And so, you know, part of their um, like hesitancy to have sex may not be so much about the sexual standoff of like, you do this for me, I do this for you. But in some ways it relates because it's like, you know, please just like get the kids off of me for a moment because I'm yes. all touched out and touching you is just another touch. Like I need to not be touched right now. Yes. Um, can you speak to that a little bit and how mm-hmm. how you would walk someone through um, like assessing their needs and maybe solutions? That's a good question. Like, oof. <laughs> that is a big one. I said in the beginning that life will imbalance our relationship. And so this is a like perfect example of one of those times where um, when you bring a kid into the mix, things go woo, like all over the place. Um, needs change. Um, you have new scripts for how you see each other that come into play. You got to get to know other parts of it. I mean, all these things kind of get mm-hmm. thrown out of whack. Yep. And so that's totally normal. Totally okay. Um, this is one of the reasons a sexual relationship changes after kids in a big way. Um, so what do you got to do? It's normal for that to happen, but it's not normal to stay that way. And it's not good to stay that way. That's when it becomes kind of vulnerable. That's good. And so yeah. this requires the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, why do I want to have sex anymore? I feel touched out. Mm-hmm. Okay. How can I help with this right now? Being touched out, being touched like this, this obligation. I think this is when sex starts to become really viewed as like an obligatory yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, mm. Just like all day long, it's, I have this obligation to care for my child, which I mm-hmm. love, but also it's an obligation and I'm, I'm overwhelmed by it. Um, talking about that and talking about how can I um, help you yeah. and be there for you and help to um, minimize that, that break. Now touch is a break. Are there alternative things we can explore? Are there mm-hmm. other ways I can come on to you? Um, mm-hmm. Are there other ways you can let me know when you are in the mood or you're not feeling touched out? And how can I relieve, um, relieve some things from your plate and make some space for you to kind of come down from that experience of being touched out? So it go. really becomes yeah. about recalibrating the relationship, mm-hmm. which then flows into the sexual relationship and having these conversations. And it has to be something you continually revisit. Because yes. life is going to throw your relationship curveballs curve all the time. Yep. So we got to touch base with each other. Oh, that is so good. That is so yeah. good. Love that answer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> You're taking beautiful. notes, just write those questions down. Yes. <laughs> use that as a template for uh, that conversation. We often have listeners who say they pause to take notes. And so oh. folks, this is a, this is a point to pause on yeah. and take notes. Oh, it's that's funny. so nice you hear that. That's just like <laughs> such a big compliment for you guys and what you're doing. Well, and our interviewees, you know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just love that. Um, kind of what you said at the end that I think people think that since they had the question or they've asked this question before, like after their first kid, they've had two since. Oh, that, yeah. the, that the answers are the same. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And you're saying it, it changes. We need to continually touch base. And that's when we have to work on that communication. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we're not talking about needs necessarily directly, but, you know, especially after kids or any major transition in life, like our needs can become completely different than they were before. 
Mm-hmm. And maybe before you need like, I need encouraged. And now you're like, no, I need a break. Like, <laughs> so it's, it's important to talk about these things and, yes. and check in with each other. Yeah. And it's not, mm. and you're not crazy if, if your needs have shifted or no, changed. It's or, normal. No, yes. I always mm-hmm. say needs change and they change in type or they can change in intensity. So you might just want more of something good that you were already getting. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. All right. So <laughs> any other like resources or books that you can recommend or courses what would you suggest sure. for people that need help in this area? So I, I have a recorded webinar, um, Sex and Marriage. It's for women only. It's recorded. So, you know, it's it's okay if the men watch it too at that point. <laughs> um, but it's a super low price point. Um, it's $27 and has some downloads to help you explore your sexual relationship with yourself nice. as well as with your partner. Um so I recommend that. Um, you can find that through my Instagram at mylovethinks, through our our course website, which is online.mylovethinks.com. Um, and we'll link web- all of that, by okay, the way, good. in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, we have uh, like kind of these flagship courses that have been taught live for over 20 years. I think it's now to um, around a million people worldwide, but we have online versions and we give away the first session of these courses for free so you can like just get to see what they're like and you know just do I like what this is like do I feel like it's worth it um so you can see all that stuff on our course webpage okay awesome great super well we're coming uh to a close here and we're gonna ask you our dear young married couple letter question um but before we do for those who are listening if you're enjoying what you're listening to we would love it if you took a moment to do a star rating and write a little review it helps the podcast reach many many more couples so on to our dear young married couple letter um so dr morgan rewinding back to the first couple years of your marriage how long have you been married by the way 12 years 12 years awesome (laughs) so rewinding back to your first couple years of marriage um think about the advice that you wish you would have received and then fill in the blank, dear young married couple. I mean, you know, my dad's in this profession. So like, I feel like I went in. So for me and not for my relation, for me, something that I wish I would have received as a, as a woman in a marriage is that I don't have to do everything. (laughs) I think I, uh, for me, I, I, grew up in a really traditional home and I loved that. And, and I watched how my parents took care of each other mm-hmm. and my mom does everything for my dad and it lights her up inside and she loves it. And for me, I did that as well, but also was, you know, on internship and yep. also working and totally. doing all of the things. And I, started to develop a negative attitude early on because I felt um, resentful. And so all I had to realize was I don't have to do it all because I had a wonderful man who was willing to help and to jump in. And so it took me a while to learn that. And so I think um, you don't have to do it all and ask for help when you need it. Don't be stubborn about asking. Um, And I think that would be my dear young married couple um, Talk to each other about what you need. Ask for help um, because you just might get it. Yeah. <laughs> it makes things so, so much easier. Amen. That's yeah. good. I love that. Yep. 
Yes. Thank you so much, Morgan. This yeah, is so helpful. helpful. And I think oh, good. I hope it's helpful. It yes. is. It is. So many like gems there. I know. I'm like <laughs> I, all these like pre-roll clip ideas and options. I'm like, what are we gonna use? <laughs> it's so I'm good. So glad. Well, thank you so much for those who want to get in touch with Dr. Morgan. Um, we will link her information here in the show notes. She's on Instagram as at my love thinks and um, we'll put her website, email address, contact info in the show notes as well. Perfect. Thank you guys so much for having thank me. Thank you, Dr. Morgan. Wonderful. Our pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. All right, friends. We really hope that you got a ton out of today's conversation. And if you want help, if you want personal guidance, with individual counseling or couples counseling, or even help with you as a couple reaching the goals you have, just reach out. Give us a call at 916-678-1797 or shoot us an email at hello at dearyoungmarriedcouple.com. No matter where you are in the world or in your marriage, we can set up a counseling session with you and we can work toward progress. We also post marriage advice regularly on our Instagram, which is at dear young married couple. And we'd love for you to join us in conversation there. All right. See you next week.